Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Jack G says, Hi, Laura. I recently heard your podcast on HSAs. Thank you. I believe that HSAs have a little known feature where I can purchase qualified items with my money, save the receipts, and reimburse myself even many years later. This strategy would allow me to grow my HSA dollars tax-free and then take a distribution down the road. Would you please confirm or elaborate on this? Jack, thank you for the great question. I'm sure other Money Girl listeners and readers would like to know more about optimizing a health savings account or HSA. I'll answer your question, review which health plans qualify for an HSA, and discuss strategies to maximize their amazing tax benefits. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm Laura Adams, a personal finance expert who's been hosting the Money Girl podcast since 2008 with over 42 million downloads. I'm also a money speaker and work with select brands doing on-camera and writing work as a financial spokesperson and consumer advocate. Reach out if you want to collaborate for a speaking event or a PR campaign. As always, you can reach me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. That's also where you can learn more about my work, books, and money courses. If you've got an idea for a show topic or a specific question like Jack, call 302-364-0308 and leave me a message. If you're enjoying Money Girl, before we get started, I would love for you to take a moment to let us know that you're getting value from each weekly episode by rating and reviewing the show in your podcast app. That always means so much to us. All right, let's get into health savings account. So these wonderful accounts were created in 2003 to help Americans manage and reduce the rising cost of health care. They are my all-time favorite tax-advantaged account because they allow you to do three pretty cool things. You can cut your medical costs, eliminate taxes, and also invest your balance in the account for additional growth. Many financial experts call an HSA a triple tax threat because they do provide three significant tax advantages that are unique. You know, no other account has these three advantages. So let's get into them. Number one is that your HSA contributions are never taxed. So an HSA gets funded with pre-tax dollars, whether you or even somebody else like an employer or a family member makes those contributions to the account on your behalf. The money you put in the account is tax deductible, reducing your taxable income, even if you don't itemize deductions on your tax return. And you can make HSA contributions at any time, even up to April 15 or tax day for the previous tax year, but you're never required to make HSA contributions. You can contribute even if you're retired, unemployed, or have an annual income less than your contributions. However, 
once you enroll in Medicare or you're claimed as somebody else's tax dependent, you cannot make HSA contributions. So that's a fantastic benefit. The second tax benefit you get is that your HSA earnings are never taxed. So similar to bank savings, most HSAs pay interest. In addition, you can typically choose from a menu of investment options. This is similar to a retirement account that you may be familiar with, like an IRA or maybe a workplace 401k. For instance, you can transfer all or a portion of your HSA to various mutual funds or exchange-traded funds to grow your balance. But unlike a taxable bank or brokerage account, you don't pay income taxes on interest or any investment growth on HSA funds. They get to just stay in the account tax-free. And the third benefit is that your HSA withdrawals are never taxed. So when you take money from an HSA to pay qualified healthcare expenses, these include medical, dental, hearing, and vision care costs, and a wide range of other expenses as well. But, you know, broadly, it's medical, dental, hearing, and vision. Your contributions and the account earnings are entirely tax-free. So that's even better than a traditional retirement account where you do have to pay income taxes on your withdrawals. So the triple tax advantage of an HSA means your contributions, Earnings and withdrawals for qualified healthcare expenses are tax free. That is pretty sweet. All right, let's briefly talk about which health plans qualify for an HSA because this can be a little confusing. And while the HSA benefits that I'm talking about are excellent, not everyone can cash in. To qualify for an HSA, you must be enrolled in a qualifying high-deductible health plan. And as the name indicates, a high-deductible health plan has a relatively higher annual deductible, which means you're going to pay a lower monthly premium. Most HSA-eligible health plans cover specific preventive care at no charge. So these are things like annual physicals, prenatal and well-child care, immunizations and screenings, regardless of the deductible. So that means many of your medical costs will be covered even if you don't meet your annual deductible each year. And knowing if your high deductible health plan is HSA qualified gets a little tricky because not all health plans with high deductibles are eligible. By law, HSA-eligible plans must have a minimum deductible and a maximum out-of-pocket cost for individuals and families. So let's review what those are for 2023. HSA-eligible health plans must have an annual deductible higher than $1,500 if you're an individual and $3,000 for family plans. And the annual out-of-pocket maximum can't exceed $7,500 for individuals and $15,000 for family plans. And it must have benefits that only begin after the deductible is met, except for those preventive care services that I mentioned, like getting physical exams, cancer screenings, and immunizations. A health policy should clearly specify in its name or description if it meets those criteria and is HSA eligible. If so, then you can open an HSA, fund it, and use that money to pay qualified health care costs tax-free. So while the benefits of an HSA are amazing, 
you know, you want to consider the downsides of an HSA as well. To know if paying a higher annual deductible for an HSA-qualified health plan is worth it, you really need to think about the account's pros and cons and think about the insurance policy's pros and cons. So I reviewed the unique triple tax advantages you get with an HSA. So the contributions that are deductible, the earnings that are never taxed, and withdrawals that are never taxed as long as you're spending the money on qualified expenses. But the main downside that I want you to think about is that spending an HSA on non-qualified expenses, so these would be things like rent or a vacation, that is against the rules. So remember that you must pay income tax plus a hefty 20% penalty on any non-qualified withdrawals. So you never want to put money into an HSA that you might need for everyday expenses. Also note that a high deductible health plan isn't for everyone. For instance, if you have a chronic illness, you take expensive prescription medications, or you have kids that are going to the doctor a lot, you could pay more for a high deductible plan than for other health plans with lower deductibles. You know, you might be maxing out that deductible every year, which could in the end cost you more. However, if you're relatively healthy and you don't expect high medical expenses, you may be better off having a high deductible health plan in combination with a health savings account. Remember that health insurance wasn't designed to cover every possible medical expense that you and your family could have, but it's meant to protect your finances against devastating accidents and really expensive illnesses. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
A common question I hear is, well, Laura, what happens to my HSA funds if I'm no longer working for my company, or maybe I become uninsured, or what if I switch insurance that is not HSA eligible? Well, the good news is that you can still spend your HSA money on qualified expenses tax-free. That doesn't change. But what does change is that you won't be able to make any new HSA contributions if you're not covered by a qualified health plan. And an often overlooked HSA benefit is that if you still have money in one after age 65, it becomes quite similar to a retirement account. You can use it for non-medical expenses without that steep 20% penalty that I mentioned. However, you will have to pay income tax on any non-qualified withdrawal. So it's kind of like taking money out of a traditional retirement account. So that's a really great reason to max out an HSA every year, even if you don't expect many medical expenses. You can kind of think of it like a companion to your retirement accounts. So how much can you contribute to an HSA? Well, there is no requirement for HSA participants to make contributions But annual caps do exist. For 2023, you can contribute up to $3,850 if you have insurance just for yourself or up to $7,750 for a family plan. Now, for 2024, those limits are going up. It's going to increase to $4,150 for individuals and $8,300 for families. Plus, if you're over age 55, you can contribute an additional $1,000, whether you're an individual or have a family plan. Some employers offer HSA matching, which does get included in those annual limits that I just reviewed. Note that whether you get an HSA qualified insurance on your own, maybe you're self-employed, or through an employer, you can take your HSA with you if you leave the employer and whether you change your health plan or even retire, it's portable. A great HSA feature is that there's no spending deadline. This is very different from another type of medical savings account called a flexible savings account or flexible savings arrangement, FSA. That does have an annual deadline, but with an HSA, that money in the account can just roll over from year to year. If you don't have any medical expenses or you just don't want to use your HSA funds to pay for them, your balance just stays in the account from year to year, even if you no longer have an HSA-eligible health plan. You can always spend that money on qualified out-of-pocket health care costs for you, a spouse, or your dependents. All right, now let's get back to Jack's question and discuss some different strategies for using an HSA. Since HSA rules don't require you to spend your balance or to immediately reimburse yourself for qualified medical expenses, you can opt not to make withdrawals. And I know a lot of people who do this. For instance, you can keep your HSA balance invested and just use your personal funds to pay healthcare costs. That way, as Jack mentioned, you'd have more HSA money growing tax-free. And if you're relatively young, maxing out an HSA annually and just allowing it to grow for decades could be more valuable than spending it tax-free on healthcare. 
Another option is what Jack asked about, which is allowing your HSA to grow and reimbursing yourself for qualified expenses at some point in the future. That strategy is allowed, and it's called shoeboxing your HSA. Now, on the one hand, spending your HSA on immediate healthcare needs does give you a guaranteed tax savings. That could be 30% or more, depending on your income and your average tax rate. On the other hand, letting your HSA stay invested at a good return for decades could yield more. It just depends on your average rate of return and how long the funds stay invested. Note that shoeboxing requires you to keep really good records because you're going to need to verify qualified health care expenses and create an accurate IOU for yourself. Then you can redeem that IOU anytime by making an HSA withdrawal to reimburse yourself for one or multiple expenses. You could write yourself a check or initiate a bank transfer from your HSA as needed even decades in the future. Just be sure you know how your healthcare expenses were paid initially and that you did not claim them as an itemized medical deduction on your taxes because you can't do both. You either get to claim them as a medical deduction or you get to pay for them with your HSA. Doing both would be double dipping and the government does not like that. Also note that you cannot use HSA funds to pay expenses that occurred before you opened the account or any that were reimbursed to you by your health insurer or somebody else like an employer. So if you shoebox, you want to make sure you're really clear that you're not reimbursing yourself for expenses that occurred before you had your HSA open. If you qualify for an HSA, they're available at many banks, credit unions, brokerages, and specialty institutions. They're really convenient. You know, they offer really the best of bank accounts like paper checks, debit cards, and online banking and bill pay. And so you can just transfer money electronically. You really don't need paper checks. I've had an HSA for many decades, and the online features are really nice and allow you a lot of flexibility. So you want to shop around for an HSA that offers diversified investment options, low fees, and a really convenient online experience. Jack, thanks again for your question. I hope this helps. Good luck with the shoeboxing if that's what you decide to do. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg. Our director of podcast is Brandon Gaitchus. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. Our advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. And our marketing and publicity associate is Davina Tomlin. Tomlin.